Today's Dav is Dav Tariches. We're holding about six, seven lines from the bottom of Tariches and my base. We were in the middle of the following Shail. The question was that what if a person uh, hired or negotiated with an agent, I want you to go and purchase for me a lesser of property. Right? So let's, have, let's call that, it's half a kur, let's call it half an acre, just make it easy. He says, I want you to go and purchase for me half an acre. And this fellow went and purchased a full acre. Now, from the financial standpoint, let's say the half an acre will cost uh, $20,000. So he got a full acre for $40,000. Right. So the uh, seller comes to the agent and said, what did you do? I only told you to buy a half an acre. I didn't tell you to buy a full acre. So the buyer says, okay, I'll give him back half his money and um, I'll, keep, I'll keep the half an acre. So the question was, is that if the agent is able to negotiate that agreement from the buyer, is the seller now have no recourse, but the seller has to say, okay, fine, the half an acre sale is, is good. Or do we say, is since there's been an abrogation of the agency, because he did something above and beyond what the agent had requested, maybe that even undermines the first half an acre's uh, uh, sale, and that the entire sale is abrogated. Now, where will it make a big difference? Where will it make a difference? What's the big deal? So abrogate the whole thing and you'll say, what happens if the price of land goes up? Right? The price of land goes up. The buyer might say, hey, I don't, want, I don't want to say this is an abrogation of the entire thing. I'd like to keep the first half. The seller and his party is saying, no, he didn't do what I... He, he did not function as my agent. If he did not function as my agent, that's not only a problem on the second half of the sale, that's a problem also on the first half of the sale. If it's a problem on the first half of the sale, and it's considered a mecca bottle, then the entire thing falls through. So that was the Shiloh that we had yesterday. Again, you ask the guy to buy, uh, uh, to, to sell a lesach of your land, and he sold a kur. He sold, you asked him to do a half an acre, and he sold a full acre. Again, there was no shenanigans with the money. The square footage, uh, the price per square footage remained constant throughout. The only question is, is it half the sale didn't go through, or is it the entire sale doesn't go through? That was the question that we dealt with, we left off with yesterday. Stigmara says like this, Stigmara says, Tashama, come and listen, I'll bring you a raya, really, from our Mishnah. Let's take a look at one of the cases in our Mishnah. Now the case over here was, Isaac Suvasa Mono. So this woman over here has a Ksuva that is worth a hundred zuz. She has a Ksuva that is a hundred zuz, she's not a Mono, let's say, she was a Grusha, she was not a Vasula, it was a hundred zuz. Now, what happened was, Umachra Shavah Mono V'dinar B'mono. Now, the way we explained it in the Gemara when we learned the Mishnah was the Maskana of this Gemara. But the Gemara at this point assumes what did she do? She overstepped. She took a piece of property 
that instead of being worth a hundred zuz, a mana, she sold a piece of property that was worth a hundred zuz plus a dinar. She sold a piece of property that was a hundred zuz plus a dinar, right? Now, the Gemara understands, it says bimana for a mana. Now, the Gemara is going to understand right now, she sold it for, to pay off her ksuva, which is a hundred zuz. But she took a property that was more than a hundred zoos. She took a property for that was worth a hundred zoos, right? It was a hundred zoos plus a dina. Now, mechra bottle, the entire sale has is abrogated because now again she's functioning as an agent. She's empowered to do this as an agent of the estate. Remember that's how we, we explained it. Yet what do we say over there? The mechra is bottle now. The Gemara in the understanding, or the way the Gemara wanted to bring as a proof, understands is that she actually, she sold this, let's say she sold this, this was a property that was supposed to be uh, a $10,000 property, would have paid her for Xuva, and she took an, uh, a, 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 an $11,000 piece of property, and she sold it for 11000 The Gemara understands right now is, is she didn't understand it was not an under, uh, she didn't under-evaluate the property. She sold it for the right amount. Except the problem is she didn't have a right to take $11,000 worth of property. She only had a right to take $10,000 of property. So it says over there, and what's the rule? Mechra bottle, there is a negation of the entire sale, right? Now my love, this is the more understanding right now. Lachora, isn't it talking about is that she didn't undervalue the property. She sold $11,000 worth of land for $11,000. And when it says Shava Mono, when it says at, at the value of a Mono, meaning she did it for the Ksuva that was worth $1,000, uh, $10,000. Meaning she, she is in the sale would be left over with an extra $1,000. Not that she sold the $11,000 piece of property for $10,000. She sold it for eleven, and she was going to be left over with an extra $1,000, right? So therefore, my love is Davin Shavim Manavadina. She sold a piece of property that was worth $11,000 for Manavadina for $11,000. So my Bimana for a Mana means for the Mana Shalot to cover her $10,000 Ksuva, right? Lechora and my Afilu. And even though it says, even though she comes back to the estate and she says, I will get back the thousand dollars. It doesn't mean I'll give you a thousand dollars cash. It means I'll get the buyer to give up the sliver of property that was worth a thousand. So then it comes out all good. Everything's been taken care of. Then it comes out the sale was only on the ten thousand and not on the eleven thousand because you're going to get your thousand dollar piece of property, the extra property back. I feel he merits, even though she's saying I will give back to the estate the thousand dollars, the extra dinar's worth, not in cash. I will be willing to get back from the sliver worth of property. And nevertheless, what is the ruling of the Mishnah? Shani Mechar Batal, not just on the excess, but it's, it's a disqualification of the entire sale. So you see that if she oversteps, 
It's an abrogation, not just on what you overstep, but it's an abrogation of the entire agency, which renders the entire sale useless. Right? So the Chora, what the Gemara basically is saying is, that would be apples to apple, exactly our Shira. You said sell a half an acre, sold an acre. The whole sale is negated. You, she's only, uh, as an agent, supposed to be selling $10,000 worth of property, sold $11,000 worth of property, even though she can get back the sliver of land that's worth that extra $1,000 and get it back to the estate, which then comes out retroactive, she only sold $10,000, does not matter. Once we abrogate her agency, then obviously the parties agree to it, the parties agree to it. We're talking about in terms of legal rights. Legally, the seller has a right to say, you did not function as my agent, and the entire sale is negated. That would seem to be a very good proof. Comes along, he says, that's not the case in the Mishnah. The case in the Mishnah, which is the way we explained the Mishnah when we first did it, is not talking about that she got $11,000 for the property that is $11,000. The problem over here was the property, yes, she overstepped and took a piece of property, it's $11,000, but how much did she only get for it? She only got for it... $10,000. That's the case over here. So that's not apples to apples what we were discussing over here. That, in such a case, we understand, is that that's a negation of the entire sale because the bottom line is she got less the square footage for each of the ten as well. Even though she shows up and says, I'll be willing to pay out of pocket or I'll get the, the buyer to pay out of pocket the extra thousand dollars. At that point, it's too late. The entire sale is negated, is abrogated. That's the case over there. So I was, uh, that's what he's saying. I'm so, uh, no, I'm, I'm, no, lo, but the ozil, that it's talking about where that the land was undervalued when it was sold. And that's why it's a megastos. Which means you cannot bring this as a proof for our Shiloh. In our Shiloh, when you told it to sell a, we, we said sell a eight, yeah, uh, half an I, acre, and you sold a, a and you sold a, 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 instead of half an acre, well, you got full value, so therefore you should, maybe you could still say half of the sales should go through, the other half should not. But that has nothing to do with this case that we're bringing over here. Now what the Mora is going to say is follows. The Mora is going to say is, so you're pushing back and saying the case that was in the first half of the Mishnah was not talking about that you got eleven thousand for the eleven for an eleven thousand piece of property, which would be similar to the case we're discussing. She only got ten thousand for eleven thousand because she un- she got an undervalue. But the is going to push back if you keep reading the Mishnah. We already have such a scenario later on in the Mishnah. It talks about a case where clearly over there is that there was a property that was undervalued and therefore it negates the sale. Now if the sec- if later on in the mission it's discussing that case, what does it tell you about the earlier case different. that's talking about something different, which means then it would circle back on being a good proof. That's what the more is going to try to say. Since the end of the Mishnah, I think it's case number three, is is talking about where the property was undervalued. That's where the sale was undervalued. That's what the case over there is. And that's when it's Mechach Bottle. It's a negation of the entire sale. Reisha, the earlier case, which I think is case number two, is talking about a situation where it wasn't a case of undervalued. She got the full 11,000 for 11,000. She didn't have a right to sell property worth 11,000. That's the guy. But she got 11,000 for it. He's on my Deloitte. Where do we see the safe? The tiny safe. The case was that she had a ksuva 
that was uh, valued uh, that she's owed four hundred zuz. All right. Now, and the assumption right now is she took a parcel of property that she could sell off and would give her the four hundred zuz. But what she did, instead of selling the entire piece of property to one buyer, she sold it piecemeal. All right. So therefore, Machel Lezebemana of Lezebemana. She sold it to the first three buyers. She sold a, uh, a quarter of this large property for the hundred zoos. And that was value to value, dollar to dollar was exactly. So now she's only owed now what? One hundred zoos. She's owed one hundred zoos left. Right? But La'akron Yafa Manavadinar, there the last parcel was actually worth, instead of being a hundred zoos, it was a hundred and zoos and one dinar, but she didn't sell it for 100 zuz and one dinar, she only sold it for 100 zuz, so she undervalued the property to pay her for ksuva, right? So the ruling in the Mishnah is, shall achron mechrabotel, the last parcel is completely negated, meaning that sale doesn't go through. But shall kulam, but the first three transactions with dollar to dollar square footage was on the up and up, so mechron kayim. So therefore, but what do you see from the fact that the last case, case number three, is talking about where she undervalues that last parcel? So you say mechav bottle on the entire transaction of that last parcel. I already know that halacha from the last case. So the earlier case of the Mishnah, where we're talking about a case where she had the ksuva of $10,000, and it says she sold a parcel that was worth 11000 Lachora cannot be talking about where she only got 10000 for it, because then there's no difference between that case and the last transaction of the case of the 400 zoos. Must be the Kiddush in that case he's talking about, even though she got the full $11,000, Right? Nevertheless, since she overstepped on the last thousand, it undermines the entire sale. And then we do have a raya for the Shiloh that we were asking. So what it says, light, disagree. Meaning your concept that why do I need to have the earlier case talking about the same scenario as the last case, disagree with you. They both are talking about the same, same scenario. They had not, nothing to do with our case. It's talking about where it was undervalued. So the question was, well, why do you need two scenarios that talk about where she undervalued the property to pay off Aksuva, right? Why do we need both scenarios? It says, well, Reisha the Sefer, that the earlier case, I believe it's case number two, and the Sefer in case number three, is talking about where she sold and, under, uh, and undervalued the property in order to pay off Aksuva. So in the earlier case, she talked and took a piece of property that's worth $11,000, but only got not for it, ten thousand. And the later case, she had that last parcel that was a hundred zoos. She sold it, but she took a parcel that was a hundred zoos plus a dinar, and still only got for a hundred zoos. And in both cases, the nekbekach is bottled. But why do you need to have in both of those cases? Again, and neither of them reflect on the scenario of what we're discussing. But why do you need to have both of those cases? I'll tell you why. Because the last case is there's a bigger Kiddush in the last case. Let me speak it outside, and then we'll see it inside. This is very technical. I just want to make sure everyone gets it. That the last case was like this. The last case, there was actually four transactions on this large parcel of land. The first one was a, uh, was a hundred zoos. She got a hundred zoos. Second one, hundred zoos. Got a hundred zoos. 
Third one was 100 Zuz, got 100 Zuz. The fourth one was 100 Zuz plus a Dina, and she only got 100. So it's saying, in that case, the sale would be negated. But it's true. That case, standalone, is not necessary, because that's learned from the earlier case in the Mishnah, where it was a parcel of land that was worth 11,000, and she only got 10 for it, that it negates the sale. So the case of parcel number four is the same as an earlier case. So question, what do you need both? I'll tell you why. Because if by inference, if you have a situation where she sold off a large parcel of land, and she made four transactions, it says the only time that that is considered to be a negation of the sale is if she messed up on which sale? Sale number four. But it implies like this, if any of the first three sales, which was selling off the first hundred of Aksu, the second hundred of Aksu, the third of, if there she messed up and she took a parcel of land that was not worth a hundred Zeus, but it was worth, let's say, a hundred and ten Zeus, and she only got a hundred, that would not be a negation of the sale. Why not? But she still has land left. No, 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 no. Because we would charge her for her ksuva 110. That's why it's not a problem. Because in the first three, it's on her dime. If she doesn't get the parcel value of what she took, so she loses out. And it can, and it, and it cruise, and it takes off of her service. Only the last one we can't do it because the last one she already collected 300 zuz of her ksuva and she's only owed 100. So if she messes up and takes more than a parcel that's more than 100 and undercharges and only gets 100 for it, then, then it's on whose dime if she messes up? It's on the family's dime. On that, that's why the last one is messed up. So that's the chiddush. The chiddush is that even if she messes up, the chiddush is yes, but we already know she messes up that it negates the sale. Yes, but the chiddush is because only if she messed up on the last parcel is it no sale. But the first three would be considered a good sale. Why would it be a good sale? She got less than the value because it's not a problem because what the, the, the estate will push back. The fact is you took a higher valued property. We're going to subtract from your ksuva not what you end up getting for it but we're going to subtract from your ksuva what the true value is. They, they can't do that on the last parcel. Why can't they do it on the last parcel? Because if she, because if she undersells it, the family still owes. Because it. because there's no more money left on the ksuva to offset it against. To be offsetting it against the estate, that's going to be problematic. So that's what they want to answer. They want to say it's like this. So it says, like, Reish of this sefer is the idol, is where she undervalued the land in order to sell it off for Aksuva. Vesefer hakamash malam, and the chiddush of the sefer, why do we need to know that again, that negates the sale when she undervalued it? Because the chiddush is, time with the ozel, but the yasmi, it's only because she undervalued it at the expense of the yasomim, at the extent of the estate, which is specifically transactional number four. Abel bedidah, but if she would have undervalued it, and it could be at her own expense, the first three transactions could be at her own expense, because we can offset the loss against the ksuva. So therefore, mecha kaim, then it would not be a mecha bottle, it would be considered to be a that, and actually the, the, the estates are happy about that, because they're giving up less land in order to knock off more of her ksuva. Right. So what it says like this, that's a good try. But that concept that when she messes up, we don't say that it's going to mess up the sale if there's enough money in her ksuba to offset the loss. We already know that from case number one. 
Case number one already taught us that. There was the opening cases of our Mishnah. What was the case? Ah, where he learned that from the first part of the Mishnah. What was the first part of the Mishnah? We had the first part of the Mishnah, two scenarios. Let's say the Ksuba was worth 200. And what ended up happening was, she was able to get, she's handled, and she was able to get the buyers to pay for a piece of property that's only worth 100, she got them to pay Messiah 200, right? Oh, the other way, which is the case we're interested in right now. Or what happens is she took a piece of property that's worth 200, her ksuba is 200, but she was only able to sell that property, she was not, not a good agent, and she only sold it for 100. In both cases, the halacha is, they're both valid sales, because in both cases, we're going to knock off the 200 off her ksuba. So therefore, so therefore, well, what do you see? That if she undervaluates the property that she sold, and there's still money in her ksuba, we offset the losses, and therefore it comes off first, and the sales are good sales. Means we already know that from the first case. So we know that from the first case, we don't have to learn it from case number three. If we don't have to learn it from case number three, then what's the chiddush of case number three? To tell you where there's losses, we offset against the losses, we saw case number one. To tell you that where she undervalues the property, that the Mekkah is going to be bottled, we can't offset it against her losses, I know that from case number two. So why do I need that case number three? The only reason could be is to circle back to that it's not the case. It's the case he's talking about where she actually got the full value, but she overstepped her bounds because she didn't need to sell that property and still it's Mechavtos and therefore it would be a good proof to the Shiloh that we are asking. Clear? Mechavtos is only the last one. Only the last one. But case, what exactly is that case? Meaning that last one, the case would then come out. Uh, so the last one, if that last one, clearly the case over there, she, over, she has uh, undervalued Right. So then that's the case of case number three. Then case number two can't be the exact scenario. Case number two must be where she got the right amount, but still overstepped, and still the whole sale is negated. That would be, then it would be apples to apples to what our Shiloh was. So Mora says like this. Says the Mora, no. We're going to stick to our guns. Case number one, he's talking about a situation where she undervalued the property, and since there is offset for Huxuva, the sales are good sale. Case number three is talking about that the first three cases there was offset for the Ksuva even though she undervaluated and the sales are good sale. The, the fourth parcel of land there was nothing to offset against the Ksuva was very paid up and since she undervaluated it's Mecca bottle. The middle case, case number two, is also talking about it was an eleven thousand dollar piece of property, and she only sold it for ten, and it's mekav bottle. So our question is: So why do we need case number two? We're going to be learning it from case number three. Says the Gemara like this. Says the Gemara as follows: Is that we're still maintaining that the reason we need to know the last case? is because there were four parcels of land and it's only when she messes up on parcel four does it create a problem. It doesn't create a problem when she messes up on the first three parcels of land. Now you're going to ask the question, why? What, what's the reason that I need to know that? Because what are you going to say? Because as long as you can offset it against the Ksuva, then it's on her. I already knew that from case number one, right? So Mona says like this, listen to what the Chap is. In case number one, when she messed up, right, 
She took a property of 200. Her super was 200. She took a property of 200. And what did she do? She only got for it 100. I'll tell you over there, I'm going to say it's a good Mecca. It's a good Mecca. Why? Because anyway, she leaves. And she, by the way, at that point in time, she has no more money left in her... Suva. She walks away from the property. She had a hundred, that's all she got. And, and, and she's done. She and, 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 and they don't have to deal with her anymore. And she's not in, involved in any more sales, right? She can't be involved in any more sales. Why? Because we view that as if she received full value. That may be the true in the case in case number one. But in case number four, maybe we wouldn't say that in the first three scenarios. What happens in the first three scenarios? The first three scenarios, she took a property that's supposed to be a hundred, she took it for a hundred and ten, and she only got a hundred. So we said that the ruling would be, I, she only got a hundred for it, but the property was worth a hundred and ten, what are we going to do? Take take off a hundred and ten. So, but you might say not like that. Why? Because since she is still involved in selling property, if people will see that where she undervaluated on case number one, or case number two, or case number three, we still let the sale go through, they might think that you do the same thing even where she undervaluates in sale number four. But sale number four, we cannot let the sale go through. Why can't we let the sale go through in case number four? Because then she's not dinging herself, then she's hurting this. So therefore, you might have thought that even though in case number one, where she undervaluated, we let it go through, because there's only one transaction and she's done. But in case number one, case number, in case number three, where there's four sales, there's, and she, if there we let it go through in the first few cases, you might think you let it go case in case, in the fourth case, in the fourth scenario, let it go through as well. And that we cannot allow. Therefore, maybe Xavier, we don't let the first ones go through. Kamash Malan, we're not worried about. But now it comes out that we have created a necessity of having the cases number three, even though we know some of the halachas in case number one, but there is an additional chiddush, which means, therefore, case number two can still stay the way we said, push back on, and we don't have a proof for our original Shiloh. That is what's going on here. So Maudah Seymah, I would, you might have said that in case number one, she has now removed herself from the estate completely by selling that $200 property for $100. That pays off Aksuba. She's done. She walks away. But in the last, in case, in case number three, where she's got uh, multiple transactions to make because her Aksuba was worth 400 zoos. And even if she messes up on the first one, the second one, she doesn't leave. So even if there's money to ding against Aksuba, what's the problem? Nigzer, maybe you should make Xera. Mana Rishon, Atumana Achron. That the first couple of sales don't allow them to go through because of the last sale, if you allow to go through and there you don't have anything to ding against the Ksuba Kamash Malan that's why the Tana was teaching me the third case that there too we say that if she oversteps but there's enough to, uh, against the Ksuba we can offset against the Ksuba even if the Ksuba hasn't completely full paid we will still say that and we don't make the Xera but the bottom line is and this is the end right now of this first half of the Shiloh is that the original Shiloh was that if she sold she was only instructed or was authorized to sell off for her ksuba. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't the case. The case means a person hired an agent and only instructed the agent to sell a half an acre, right? At whatever, $200 a square foot. And he went and sold 
two acre, I mean a full acre at two hundred dollars square foot. We don't we don't know yet. The Shiloh could be, we're not clear. It might be that the entire sale has been abrogated, or it might only be that half the sale is abrogated. But to bring a proof from our Mishnah our Mishnah is not talking about where she got full value when selling the Ksuva. Our Mishnah could be talking about she took a an $11,000 parcel of land, but what did she get for it? She only got $10,000, and that's why the sale is abrogated. But we don't have a proof what would happen if she got 11000 for it. Can we split it into almost like two transactions, only the second one's no good, the first one? That we don't know, so we haven't answered our Shiloh. Now, Ikad Amri, there is an alternative version that was discussed in the yeshivas. The alternative way of raising the Shiloh is as follows. Now, let me, let me throw it out, say it outside, and then we'll, we'll go back inside. The alternative version was as follows. Is that there's no question, right? Logically. If the sale was supposed to be on a half an acre, right? And it's supposed to be $200 a square foot. And the buyer went and bought a full acre at that amount. At that, the more says like this, logically, it's hard to argue if the buyer is saying, okay, I'll give back the half an acre, I'll give you back half the sale, the first half of the sale should be a valid sale. The more holds logically, there's no reason to assume that that should not work because there's no real downside to the seller. Yes, it's true if the market changes, but it's in terms of what the agent did, you can't argue that he really did not, he ruined the agency because he hurt the seller. Because whatever he hurt really can be fixed. And it, no harm, no foul. So to say that even on the first half the ag- agency has been abrogated, the moral holds that maybe that's not such a good svara. But let's flip the question. What happens if you tell an agent, I want you to sell an acre, $200 a square foot. The agent went and sold a half an acre at 200 square foot. Is that an abrogation of the agency? Or at least that helps. The agent sells, they'll sell the other half later. Right? Or do we say, no, I only employed you an acre. I don't employ for half an acre. Even if he says to the man, I I can get somebody else to Yes or no? That, now why is that a Shiloh, whereas the first way is not? I mean, the world is right now. You stand there and tell him to sell a half an acre, sold an acre, First half is still a good sale. But what about the other way? You told him to sell an acre, he sold a half an acre. Maybe there, even a half an acre sale is not a good sale. Why is that a different Shiloh? Let's see inside. Right? Everyone hear what we're doing now. So, Iqad Amri, there's an alternative version of what the Shiloh is, and the Shiloh goes as follows. Right? Hala to boil our original Shiloh is not a Shiloh. Whether you're told, where you're instructed to sell a half an acre. And you sold a full acre. Yes, you're adding to the instruction of the agency. You're adding to it. It's not an abrogation of the entire. You just did more than, you're over, it's an overstepping. But it's not an abrogation. So therefore, and therefore, what do you do in such a case? If the buyer is willing to give back the parcel, the half an acre, then no harm, no foul, and you move on. Not a problem. Keep the buyer The Shiloh should be asked in the following way. The Amr Zil Zavin Kura, where the instruction to the agent was, go sell a kur. A kur is two lessons. Go sell the full acre. And what did the agent do? The Azil Zavin La Litcha, and he went, and he sold for the seller only a half an acre. But again, at half the price. 
There was no monkey business in terms of the square for a square foot. But but what's the question of it then? Mine. Me amrinan lay. Do we, do we say that the agent says, listen, my job is to make you look good. I am making you look good. Because bottom line is that the, from the position of the Chachamim, it's always better to be in control of real estate. You'd, ra- you'd rather hold on to land. People usually are giving up real estate is because they're pressured. But it's always better to hold up to land. So therefore, I'm actually doing you a favor. Because if you only need the money for half the acre... You did not have to sell the full acre. So you now, you, you can hold on to half the acre. What are you going to say? I need the money for a full acre. We'll make a separate transaction. We'll find that you're the same guy or another guy. Make a separate transaction for the second half of the transaction. And then you'll get the full. But if you don't need the full amount of money, you only need half the money, I actually saved you that you can hold on to the piece of property. So therefore, that's the position of the agent. Why we should say that he feels that the agency has been fulfilled. Okay? Now, Amar Leib, the Tavalach Abdullah, is I actually did you a favor. Dilo Mitzuzuzi, because you don't need the money for the full acre, you would not be able to retract if I sold the full acre. Right? And therefore, the fact that I only sold the half acre means I understood what you were telling me. I need money right now. You can sell up to an acre. So what I did was, I sold a half an acre. If you need more, I'll sell more. But I feel that that was within the agency because if you don't need more than money for half an acre, why sell more than you need to sell? That's the argument of the agent. What is the seller's argument that offsets that? Now let me explain this outside we'll see it inside. We, as I mentioned, that the more people find out that somebody is selling land, that weakens his negotiation when it comes to doing business. Because if people think that the person's coming from a place of weakness, he needs money, then what happens? They squeeze him. They squeeze him, right. So he says like this. When there's one document out there, whenever there's a document written, people find out about it. When there's one document that I sold one parcel of land, I can deal with. If you now have to make two separate transactions, first on the first half an acre, and then a separate transaction on the second half, now you're circulating in this community two documents that I'm selling of property. That's going to weaken my position. So I told you to sell off one transaction with one document, and now you went and hurt me. Therefore, even the first half, I consider not to be fulfilling of my request, and that should not be valid either. Right? That's what I'm saying. So why is it like an idiom, or perhaps not like that? Maybe you're not doing me any favors, right? Amar lay, uh, the seller can say to the agent, It's not in my benefit that there should be multiple documents of sale in my name as a seller of property. It hurts my position, and you hurt my position, therefore your agency has not been fulfilled not only on the second half of the acre, but it's not fulfilled what? The first half. Right. So I'm Rabbi Khanina Misura. Khanina Misura said, I'll bring you a proof, similar to the way I had yesterday, from the laws of Ne'ilah. The laws of Ne'ilah is if you tell somebody to go ahead and do something for you, and you don't realize that what he's going to be doing for you is going to involve uh, uh, meat or, or a product or money that belongs to the Beis Amikdash. So even though normally when it comes to sins, 
Sins are accrued by the person who does it. There's no agency that the one who sent you, you know, you tell somebody, go eat a piece of chazer, he eats the chazer, it's not you're going to be chai for it, he's chai for it. The laws of Ne'ilam's appropriation doesn't work that way. When somebody is sent, he doesn't realize, and you didn't realize, there's agency, and the one who's chayiv is specifically the one who sent, not the one who was the agent. And the only exception to it, he has to fulfill the agency. If he doesn't do the agency the way you requested, then what happens in such a case? The, then there's no agency, and the one who's hired to pay the Karen and the Chomish and the Korban and all that, he's going to be the agent. So what happened over here? Toshima, come and listen. Not only dinner shall Okay, the, the, the seller, alright, or what you Ruvain gave the agent a dinner, a gold dinner. Gold dinner is 25 silver dinarim, or else it's also known as six sloyim. Six seller. So he gave him a coin that he didn't realize was a hectish coin. Gold coin, 25 silver dinarim, it's worth six sloyim. But Allah, he said, listen, have a chaluk. Go and buy the chaluk. Chaluk is, it's like it was worn against a, under the, under the overcoat. There was an overcoat and there was an under, un, like, almost like an undergarment. So I want you to go get me this robe that they used to wear on the undergarment. And I want you, I'm giving you a gold coin, which is 25 silver, to go buy me a chaluk, this robe. For halach, now the agent thought he's doing the guy a favor. So he said like this, for three slime, for half the money, right, he was able to buy a chaluk, a robe, and there was the extra money, the chaluk, Talus, he brought him a talus, means the overgarment. So basically he got him like a, a shirt and a pair of pants. He said, get me a shirt, and he got him a shirt, and he got him a pair of pants, right? Now, the problem is with using Hegdish money. So who is in violation of the laws of Ne'ilah? So Shneim Ma'alu, both of them are considered, according to the Tanakhama, we're going to see it's a machlokas, but the Tanakhama holds, they both have misappropriated, they're both in violation. Now let's understand why. So now, the Gemara understands like this, that the, the agent is on the shirt, he was doing the agency. So therefore, when he bought the shirt, who's considered to have violated? Owner. What? The owner. Was. The owner. But then he went ahead and with the excess money, the he bought the towel. He bought the pants. Therefore, he's not, he's the owner, I didn't told you to buy that, so that you're on your own for that. Therefore, you're saying, both are hive in the laws of Me'ilah. Now listen carefully, the Gemara has a very nice time. The, I told you to get me a shirt that's worth six sloyim, because I gave you the full amount of money to get me a shirt. You went and got for half the money, you got the shirt, and the other half you went and bought the pair of pants. But now, if I tell you to go and get me a field of an acre, and you went and used half the money to get me half an acre, if we consider that to be an abrogation of the entire agency, so when you used half the money here should to get me the shirt, then it, it should be an abrogation of the entire agency. The only one that should be chive in the era to be the agent. We don't see that. So what do you see? So you see if the guy uses half the money, it's still considered to be a fulfillment of the agency. So that's, therefore, back to the half acre, the half acre. That, the, that's the what the Gemara wants to bring a proof. The Gemara says like this. Now, this only makes sense if you say, that the agent, the same apples to apples case, 
where he took half the money and bought half an acre, because Yalachora, he took half the money and bought a shirt at value at half the amount that you asked him to buy. And nevertheless, he said that the, that the, the Meshalea, the original guy, Ruben, is also Chayev. So if you say that Shdiyev is considered, Oseh Shdichus, so it is considered a fulfillment, fulfillment of the agency. Umosiv al-Dovarav, and you just went above and beyond on the second half, Havay, Sumishumachi, Balabai's Mal. Then I understand why the Balabai's the homeowner is considered to have done me'ila. He's done me'ila for the shirt, for the, for the shirt. Ella, e amad ma'abel devarav havi. If you tell me you only use half the money that I gave you to get half the item, that it's considered to be an abrogation of the entire agency, then what should be the rule? Said amai ma'al, then the balabai should not have done me'ila at all. The only one that should be doing me'ila is not the balabai, is the shlia, right? Simona says like this, I'll tell you what happened. What happened was, is that I told you, go get me a shirt for six sloyim. For a gold dinar, six sloyim. I told you, go get me a shirt. You went and found out that there's discounts being offered. Means the same shirt that you wanted me to get for six sloyim, you were able to find, it's not apples to apples, it wasn't that you bought a half an acre, your mom has got the whole acre, it's as if you were able to take half the money, and you know, there was a discount being offered, so you've got the same value of shirt, which normally would be 25 silver dinarim, you were able to get it for 12 and a half, and with the extra amount, then you went out of it, but you got the guy exactly what he wanted, you just only had to pay half the money. That's the case over here. So it's not apples to apples, right? Yeah, my right. So why is it like this? You're able to get a shirt which is normally worth six loyim. There's a discount. There's a sale going on. For shalos. So then he fulfilled the shlichus. He fulfilled the shlichus. You asked him to get a shirt. He got the shirt at the value of what the kind of shirt you're looking for. So what is causing the shlich to do me'ila now? Why would the shlich respond that's the problem. Right, so therefore, a talis, the shliach got me'ila for the talis, but he's not getting me'ila on the first step because he fulfilled the agency. He got you a shirt at the value of what you were looking for. Right? So Moses says like this, okay, so then we have no proof anymore. But the problem is going to be is that not everyone agrees to the Chacham. We're going to see the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda and it's going to be hard to understand. Chacham Shita is that they both have me'ila. Comes along Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda says, no, I don't consider the homeowner to have me'ilah, because I don't consider the shliach to do his, 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 his fulfillment of the agency, because he got a shirt that's worth less or worse than what he was supposed to get. Now, one second. The way we just set it up, how could Rabbi Yehuda hold the shliach didn't do what he was supposed to do? The fact that he only needed half the money because he found a discount to pay. How could Rabbi Yehuda claim that if you learn the case what we thought it was, that instead of spending all of the money for the value, he got half the money for half the value, then I understand what Rabbi Yehuda is saying. But if, Rabbi, if he got the full value shirt for half the money, then how could Rabbi Yehuda say that he, under, he, he, uh, he got a, a, a shirt that's worth much less? Right? So, Iyachi, I must say, but let's take a look at the second half of that. Is it a Mishnah in the Elam? It's a. Uh, is it a Mishnah in the Eilach of Allah? I think it's a. Emma Seifa. 
Right? Let's say the Seifa. It's a Mishnah. It's a Mishnah. The Seifa, the Mishnah says over there, I don't consider this case of a case where there's Me'ila by the Balabais. Why? We make I wanted a larger shirt, a larger robe. Then you brought me a smaller one and an inferior one. Now, the way we just set up the case, how could it be who to argue that, right? Because he just used half the money to get the same quality. So when it says a chap, he says, no, what the Balabais is saying is, listen, I didn't know discounts were being offered. I didn't know that. But if I would have known the discounts are being offered, so that for, if you are, now, if you were able to get for the six loyim a shirt that's worth that 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 that, that, that I'm, for, I'm sorry, you were able to get for the three loyim a shirt that normally goes for six. If you would have used the full six, then actually Rashi, the way Rashi explains it, that if discounts usually work, is the the more you're spending, if people are in a mood of discounts, then what would happen? You actually would have been able to get me a shirt that's worth even more than 12 sloyim. So you didn't fulfill my, I want, I, with the money I had, I wanted the best kind of shirt I can get. So I thought for six sloyim, get me a six seller shirt. That's what I wanted. That was the agency supposed to be. I didn't tell you, go ahead and pay less. Get me the best kind. So if you were able to get for three slime a shirt that's worth six, can you imagine for six, it would have been even more than twelve, Rashi learns. It would have actually been compounded with that. <coughs> Even a greater discount. And therefore, I don't consider you have done my agency. That's what Rabbi Huda Therefore, it's not an agency at all, according to the Balabais. It's only what, the only one that gets dinged is the Shlia. Now, the Tanakhama disagrees. The Tanakhama says, if your instruction was use this money to get me a shirt, then it is part, I have fulfilled my agency getting you a shirt of that value, even if it's for less. But that's the argument between them. The point we're saying over here, but there was no, but it's not apples to apples to our Shiloh, because our our Shiloh was, you only got half the value for half the money. That's not what's being discussed over here. So, when it says like this, so my raw, what did Rabbi Yehuda mean? That you got me something inferior. Rabbi it's inferior based on the value of the money of what you could have got me. The Amar lay because the, 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 the homeowner can say to the Shlia, he eyes leave the shit. If you were able to get me for three, one that's worth six, if you would have given six, so then Kosher came to have a tidy story, actually you have a gear so there, even more than twelve, you would have been able to get. That's then, then you have caused me a loss, because I would have been there for the money I gave you, I would have ended up much greater value than, than, than you did, than you got me. And, no problem. They can now me, says the Gemara, and I'll, and I'll prove to you that that's shot over here. But even Rabbi Yehuda agrees that that's the case over here, that the person was able to get a full value shirt. He didn't get half the value. He was for half the money. Full value, not half value for half money. What's the proof? The study, because it says like this, Moder Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda would agree with the Chachamim, the kitness, if they were selling not shirts, they were selling legumes. Now we're going to see legumes, there's no change in discount in the amount. Shirts, there's the silks, things change. But legumes, it's, it stays the same. So there, in such a case, he agrees. Because there you cannot say, well, if you would have spent more, 
you would have got a greater discount. Because legumes, it doesn't work that way. So he says like this, that in that case, I do agree, the agency was fulfilled and both of them are going to be chived in me'ilo. Because whatever the discount is for a seller of kidneys is the same discount for the small amount of abutas. You can't make the argument, you would have spent more, you would have got more. That wouldn't work over there. Shmami, no, it's a, uh, it's a good proof. Now, the one wants to know, there's actually two ways that people sold legumes back in the day. One was by estimation, and one was actually by measurement. Now, if it's by estimation, then it's not true, because a small amount that's being estimated will have a lesser discount than a larger amount being estimated. So therefore, what we just said now wouldn't be true. And what I was going to say is that the type of way they're selling the legumes here was not by estimation, but it actually was by actual uh, using a measurement cup. And therefore, there's no difference in the discount. What's the scenario? That it's being sold through estimation. Where you give a full seller, they're going to give you a greater discount than if you use a smaller amount. That's a place that's being sold with a measuring cup. A place with a measurement, no matter how large or small, the same discount is going to be all the way through. So that's the case we're dealing with over here. Alright? That, that each, um, each measuring uh, cup is for a pruta, and that's the discount goes on that amount. It doesn't make a difference you see if the whole amount was a seller or it was less. Okay. We're back to our original Shiloh. Again, the, the new, the Ikeda army, the question was, if the guy went and you told him to purchase for you an acre and he went and used half the money and it was a half an acre, what is the Allah? So Toshima, come and listen. So Mara wants to bring a raya back from our Mishnah, circling back to our Mishnah. What do we learn in our Mishnah? Isaac Sivasa Arba Meazus. So Siva was four hundred Zeus. Now the Gemara understands is that she took a parcel of land, but instead of selling it to one guy for four hundred Zeus, she broke it up. So let's understand speak this out. The Chorah isn't each sale our case. Because I told you I gave you the right to sell this parcel for your four hundred. And you made four transactions out of it. Lechorah, what do we see? The first three work. The only one, the last one doesn't work because you undervaluated the property. But the first three, even though the guy could say, I didn't want four documents written, I only wanted one. You see that's not a timer. So therefore, our shy would be the same thing. A half, I told you to go do a, 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 a full, and you only did half, or half the money. Should be a va- should work as well. That's what the Gemara wants to bring a raya. So the says like this, Only the last one, she undervaluated and sold something that was worth a mana and a dinar for the mana. Shall Akron bought only the last one is negated, but shall Kulan Mechon Kaim, but the first three is considered a valid sale. So the Chora, would that not bring a riot for you saw, she You went and sold a half an acre for half the uh, money, should be a valid sale. Simoris is not a riot because we're going to see later on that this already is explained by Rabshish Shishbred of Edi. He says the case is talking about which wasn't one large parcel, they actually gave four separate parcels. Where there were four separate parcels that are not contiguous land, so then it is understand there was going to be four documents. So therefore, that has nothing to do with our Shiloh. So when it says, Shisha, Edi, Bekatini, it's talking about four smaller parcels of land, not one large parcel. So Akhanami, same thing with the other Says the Moravaita, Pshita. The Gemara says like this, it's obvious if a person goes to an agent and says, I want you to sell this property to one person, I don't want you to sell it to two. 
And if the agent went and sold it to two different people, then it's obvious what? That's an abrogation of the agency, because the agency was specific that what? Make it only one transaction, do not make it two. So what happens he said, I want you to sell this to a person. But he never said with the stipulation, but don't sell it to two. He never said that. What's the halacha if the guy went and sold it to two? My, what's the halacha? So Ravuna Amar Le'echad One means one and not two. So even if he never said not two, it's understood one means one and not two. Rav says, I disagree with that. One is, if you never say and not two, then one can also mean one and even two. And even a hundred, as long as you sell it. It doesn't mean, because if he doesn't want it to be more than one, what would he have to say? So. Not two. He never said not two. So now, Ikla Rav Nachman the Sura. Rav Nachman went up to the went went to visit the, the city of Sura. Ola Gaber of Chistev Rav Ravuna. So Chistev Rav Ravuna came in to visit him. So Amru Leik Yehai Gav Namai. They said the same. Asked Ms. Shiloh. He said one, but what does it mean? One and not two, or one and even two? So Amru Lehu Leechad Bafilushnayim Leechad Bafilameh. He answered that corroborated their ruling. One could mean even two. It could even mean a hundred. So Amru Leik Avul Gav the Toshliach. Would that even be true if the Shliach made a mistake? That it's a good sale, even if the person he undervaluated the land or he made a mistake. One says, "Who's talking about making a mistake? Well, why, why are we talking? About, why are you?" I just said, if the guy says one, you can sell it to two different people. I never said anything about that it would be a good sale, even if one of those sales would end up being a mistake. I never said anything like that. So I'm a lehu, the ta'ashliyah lo kamina. I wasn't talking about where the shliyah made a mistake. They ask him from like this. We know that the laws of overcharging or price gouging doesn't apply on real estate. So therefore, it only applies on metaltolin. One six, if it's more than a six, is halacha negates the sale. A six, you have to give back the money. Less than six, there's mechila. But that doesn't apply by real estate. It's actually, my focus we shown him why. Sometimes it's there as a custom. Others say is because land, the value of land is, is just what you want to pay for it. That's what. But either way, so the chora, the one is asking like this. So why, if the agent? sold it at an undervalued or overvalued price shouldn't have any impact on the sale. There's no onar but karkos. Right? So therefore that's what they're saying to him. So you can have more than one transaction even if one of them has been undervalued or why should it be a problem? So Mara says, so, so he answered them, he says, one second. To say there's no overcharge or undercharge is when the mistake happened by the owner. But not where it happens by the agent. We don't give that same leeway there because that's an abrogation of the agency. That, that, there's two different things. There's no, oh no, I love it, oh no, you can't come back and the buyer, the seller, go to the buyer. Hey, you underpaid, you can't do that. But the seller can go to the agent and say, you, un, you got less money than you're supposed to get. And that abrogates the agency. That there is a din. When the shliach made the mistake, the seller can say to the agent, I only sold you to do what's good for me. Not to do what's hurting me. And if you've got less money than you could have, that hurt me, that abrogates the agency. And that's the problem. How do we know that this din, that there's no undercharging, that only applies by the owner, but not by the agent? Where do we see this in the Tanoic literature? Let's say you tell your agent, go and take truma for me. Now, normally truma minat Torah could even be the smallest amount, your yotze. You give the code the smallest amount, you fulfill the bits of, of truma. The rabbis came along and said like this, is that it has to be, for the average person, at least 
person is more magnanimous, he can even give, well, that's one fiftieth, he's two percent. If it's magnanimous, it could be one fortieth. Or, if he's more of a miser, then he should go no more than one sixtieth. But that's a three shear. Now, what's happening? Somebody, you send to the agent, go take trouble for me. Now, if you know what kind of a person he is, then you do it. What happens if you don't know what kind of a person he is? So what should you do? Save bet. Take the one fiftieth, right? But even if you did one fortieth or one sixtieth, it's still okay. The average person one That's going to be the ruling of there. It says like this. Save a trome. They told someone, go and take trome for me. Torem kedas balabayis. The rule is that he should take based on what he thinks the mighty, the type of person the balabayis is. If he didn't say specifically what he wants. But if he doesn't know what the Balabai's uh, feelings about giving tzedakah or giving truma would be, so then Torah and Bebenus use one fiftieth. Now, Torah Echa Bechamishim, Bebenus, right. Pichas Asorah or Hosev Asorah. My focus is Rashi and Tosman Kedushim. Pichas Asorah, Rashi learns, is that he gave, instead of one fiftieth, he gave one fortieth. Tosman argues, that's not less. That's more. Rashi is learning less than the number. Tosh is learning, but either way, so he went one fortieth, he went a sixtieth, or Konotosh went one sixtieth, and went one fortieth. All right, because Asora or Hosi Asora, it's still Trumas or Truma. But the only boundaries he can go above is either between one fortieth and one sixtieth. Whereas the Balabayis, right? He says the Ilu Gabe Balabayis Tanya Torah Ba'ala Biyado Afilu Echem Esrim. If he went and he ended up to Truma, and it ended up being. Uh, 20 percent, uh, 1.20, like 5%, which is a lot more. That, retroactively, that's what he ends up giving. It's still considered good. So you see, we allow much more leeway of the mistake being done and being good by the homeowner than we do allow by the shalia. Trumas are trumas. Toshima, come and listen. And we're final group again. We already had the, this proof before. Haistot, Suvasa, Arba, Meazuz. The woman was given a parcel of land of 400 zoos and and she divided up and she made four transactions. Now the Gemara assumes even though they told him go sell this means go sell it to one. Right? Right? So what's the point we're trying to make over here? Is that the, that uh, the, you see over here that this is actually trying to be, go back to the original Shiloh. You see that multiple staros is not a problem because they told him to go sell it to one person and he went and sold it to four people and only the one who messed up in the price but the more answers on this and this is what Amr of Shisha Bereit of the Katini is that the case over here was they gave him four small parcels it wasn't one large parcel so you cannot bring this as a raya to our original Shiloh that we asked for this stuff.